0: Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning, your host of Ask a Coach, the Windermere Podcast. In this podcast, we'll tackle some of your toughest real estate questions. Each episode, will provide you with detailed answers and proven solutions to some of the biggest challenges facing realtors today. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning, and I'm the host of Ask a Coach, the Windermere podcast. And today I'm super delighted because I have Cliff Taylor and I have Ryan Riley with us. Gentlemen, how are you doing?
2: Doing excellent.
1: Doing great, Michael. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, thank you. Summer for- is finally here. I know, right? It's finally, uh, we're, we're, we're out of January. Um, so real quick for our listeners, just so they know, uh, we have Cliff Taylor, who's been in mortgage for 32 years and specifically with Penrith Mortgage for 25 years. And for those of you that are with Windermere know that we have a relationship with Penrith Mortgage as our in-house lender. Um, and then also for those of you non windmere people, we do uh, have, um, we, they work with us with Windermere. But a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today may pertain to a lender that you might work with. And then we have Ryan with us and Ryan has been in the mortgage business for 30 years and specifically with Penrith Mortgage for six and, a half, six and a half years. And I think that the beauty of the two of you being here, if I look at Cliff, 32 years, Ryan, 30 years, you've seen a lot when it comes to mortgage, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, so should people be
2: panicking right now about interest rates going up? No, not at all. I mean, in general, you should think of your mortgage as being something temporary, temporary, because you eventually plan to pay it off, temporary, because you plan to transition in or out of that home, temporary, because it could be an opportunity to refinance down the road. And if by chance, now's the right time to buy, don't worry about where the rates are, because at some point down the road, you'll be able to improve on that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Not in the too distant future. Ryan, you have any
0: thoughts yeah. on that?
1: Yeah, and, and I would agree with Cliff. And, and it, it, I would also say, too, it's not overly comfortable to see interest rates in, in the high fives or even six like we've seen over the last 30 to 60 days. But it also, too, comes with a lot of buying opportunities that our buyers didn't have even 60, 90, 180 days ago. So there is definitely a glass half full aspect to it.
0: Right. And just curious, what are you seeing right now uh, when it comes to uh, the resale and when it comes to refinance? What's what's, the, what's happening right now in the mortgage world? Because uh, I know we talk about real estate all the time and things are transitioning. What do you see transitioning right now in lending?
1: Yeah, the, the lending industry is definitely transitioning. I mean, it. it uh, I don't have the exact stats, but I would guess in any sort of a refi heavy year like we had in 2020, 2021, that was probably 50 percent of the industry's business. Uh, I would imagine that's probably whittled down to now the less than 5%. You know, you've yeah. got some folks that are, you know, maybe looking to do a, a massive remodel. Uh, maybe they're looking to pull some cash out to consolidate some debts, uh, buy a second property. But for the most part, most of the folks that re- wanted to refinance took advantage of that earlier. So right now, it's it's predominantly a, a purchase business
0: market. And with, and with the uptick in rates, have you seen uh, that drop a little bit?
1: Definitely. And it's, it's been a shock to the system, no doubt about it. And, and one of the things that, and I'm sure Cliff can attest to this as well, is we've had to do a lot more coaching with folks. It, uh, you know, the typical buyer consultation over the phone might take 30 to 45 minutes. We're now stretching an hour plus, and it might be over several different uh, times where we're talking about, you know, this is what things look like to buy. These are some of the advantages, this is some of the ways we can structure things. So it's not just you know at at three percent buying a home is a fairly easy decision if you want to buy and you know where you want to buy. When rates are a little higher, you just got to think through it a little bit more. So we're 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 letting the buyers take a little more time and walk them through that process a little easier.
2: Yeah, I mean the the increase in rate has definitely pushed some folks out of the market um, either physically because it 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 made it a little bit more difficult to qualify um, or emotionally because they feel like they. Don't want to jump into this market with rates essentially doubling in the last six months. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but what we're coaching them through is to to recognize the fact that uh, I mean, here in Spokane uh, at the beginning of the year, we had 0.2 months of inventory on the market and we're at over a month. We're at one point one months of inventory. And uh, a few months ago, sure, they could have had a better rate but they probably would have been competing against three to four times the amount of people for that home and have many, you know, much fewer homes to look at. So, so if, if you can find the right place and, and, and get into a product and into a, um, a home to get on that equity train, it's, it's worth doing.
0: Well, I think you bring up a good point. We were kind of talking about this before we get started is, um, and Ryan, you said this too, is now's a, now's a good time if you're thinking about buying to do something because things could shift. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that what we you were talking about in terms of rates and 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 competition, I guess is what you were really saying
1: yeah, you know it's it's interesting because uh you know the the first quarter of the year, um you know a couple of different things that we would hear quite commonly was, boy, if we just had more houses to choose from right well, now we've got more houses houses to choose from uh well, you know as a buyer, I just really don't want to have to compete a lot of cases right now, buyers don't have to compete um I'm just not real comfortable going in without any contingencies and without any protection. We're seeing a lot of our transactions right now, good old-fashioned real estate, where there's a financing contingency, an inspection contingency, if a pre-inspection hasn't been done. So it really is a much nicer way for a buyer to buy compared to where we were at the beginning of the year, where the decisions were very quick and escalating even faster. Um, so one of the things that that I have kind of seen, and in It'd be interesting to hear what cliff has to say just because cliff and i are in different markets i right. predominantly serve the, the seattle east side market uh cliff is on the east side of the state over in spokane um you know the, the rates started trickling up ever so slightly at the beginning of the year uh, and then they really started kicking into gear around march and april around april is also when we saw the stock market drop about 15 to 20 percent so those two things combined have really, I think, had an effect on the Seattle east side market. You've got a lot of buyers that are just sitting back and really kind of taking an assessment of where they are and where they think they're going to go. Right. However, I don't think this period of time is going to last forever. Um, in my opinion, you know, with, with you know, bordering two months of inventory in, in a lot of our areas, um, I don't know that this window is going to last forever. Once we see the stock market start to improve, and if we see interest rates start to come down, even into the high fours, all of a sudden, all those buyers that took a break in April, May, June, and now July are probably going to start coming back into the get market.
0: Back, get back in the game, right? Absolutely. Well, and, and, let's, and for the listeners and for the agents listening, what that means, right, is right now, um, what I'm hearing is really coaching your buyers to say, hey, you know, let's not, and I think you said this too, Cliff, let's not, let's not focus on the rate. Let's focus on the opportunity to get you into something right now, because we have increased inventory, we have less competition, we have, and I like to call it more of a normalized market in terms of the buyers, right? Um, That you can, you're not competing, you can actually get an inspection,
2: uh, you can even make an offer with a contingent offer. Exactly. You can be contingent on the sale of your current home, which we haven't seen in two years. Right. Um, and 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 one one of the things that occurred in the first quarter of this year and, and over the last couple of years is there's been a lot of a lot of energy and a lot of emotion in in trying and feeling like your back's against the wall to make a quick decision. Um, and now it's 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 back to normal. They can make those contingent offers. They can take the time to look at a couple of houses before they jump on the first thing that they see. Uh, and and they're one of 15 offers or one of 15 um, uh, well, one of fifteen offers that they're trying to separate themselves from. Um, so it's definitely it's definitely back to a, a more of a normal market. And and one of the things that um, as Ryan mentioned, I don't think that this is gonna it's gonna remain like this. Uh, the the Fed moves that they've been making, you know, since the beginning of this year to increase rates uh, is a is believe it or not a positive thing for mortgage rates. I mean, what the Fed's controlling is things that are more influenced by Short-term financing, and in some cases, or in every case of a HELOC, um, and and that's all based off of a fear of inflation. And, and as we start to see this inflation come into check or into and balance out a little bit, uh, and we're we're already seeing it with the last couple of moves where mortgage rates have improved a little bit.
0: Right. And what? And, and when we say mortgage rates, are are you seeing there's there's uh, the conforming rates? What about in the jumbo world? What are you seeing in there? Same same type of things.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the unique things and me and Ryan can probably speak more of this um, because he's in that jumbo market more so than we are over in the Spokane area. But um, jumbo rates are actually a little bit better than your conforming rates right now.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, what's what's really interesting and, and Cliff kind of mentioned this, too, is that, you know, when, when you see the headlines um, and, and you see where rates are and, and it, it's a shock to the system. One of the things, though, that I think uh, buyers really need to do right now, though, is relook at the numbers. Um, you know, one of the things that that we were seeing, especially during the first quarter in in you know the east side in Seattle, it, it was not that big of a deal to see a property escalate fifteen to twenty percent above the list price. We're not seeing that right now. Right. And so when you really put pen to paper, and and you know crunch the numbers on where you would have been that first quarter. Compared to really where rates are right now, uh, it's not much of a difference. And quite frankly, because the house prices are cheaper now than they were the first quarter of the year, you can actually buy a home sometimes with the same payment or cheaper, even though that interest rate's higher. Um, The other thing, too, that we're starting to see is is some agents are are, uh, definitely talking about uh, seller credits to buy the interest rate down. Uh, and there is some talk about, is that such a good idea? Because we are in a market where, um, you know, interest rates potentially over the next months or years will be coming down and people will have the opportunity to refinance. I look at it from the standpoint of if you get the seller to pay, you know, 10, $20,000 to drop your mortgage payment, four to $500 a month, that is a nice hedge in the event rates don't come down. And I tell my clients if we get that interest rate bought down to 5% in some cases right now, even four and three quarters, and I call you up and say, hey, guess what, we can get you four or 3.75, you're certainly not going to be angry that I called
0: Right. Well, let's talk yeah. about that for a second too. And, and I, I'd love to hear your take on that too, Cliff, is that, you know, what explain to us a little bit about what a, a seller buy down is for those people listening who maybe never experienced this before, right? <laughs>
2: it's been a while since we've seen this stuff happen. So when a, when a lender uh, posts a, call it a, a, a trunk of, of, of rates, you have varying rates and the rate can be, um, you know, as high as into the mid, high, mid to high sixes down to the mid fours, low to mid fours, depending upon what kind of closing cost structure or point structure you, you want. And and what we've been talking to Ryan and I and a a lot of the folks on our Penrith team have been talking to listing agents about because we're starting to see discussions and actual physical price reductions where a house sits on the market. My gosh, it's been on for two weeks and we don't have any offers. What are we going to do now? Um, And they're starting we're starting to see price reductions in the market and and counter that with a buyer that may have been thinking about buying a house since last year, seeing rates double, go from 3% to 6% um, in the last six months. So you've got the, the seller sitting on the market in shock because it, they don't have 10 offers in, in 20 minutes. Right. You've got, you've got the buyer that's in shock because they're looking at rates that are much higher than what they're used to seeing, even though historically it's not considered a high rate. If you look at mortgage rates over the last 20, 30 years, it still feels high when we're when with uh when we've seen where they've been over the last twenty four right. six months um so one of the things that you could do is you can buy the rate down you can permanently buy the rate down, pay points right so if a if a seller wanted to maybe attract a buyer that may be in shock uh, or a set of buyers that may be in shock over what rates are, they could put two to three percent of their sales price on the table to be used to permanently buy that rate down. Um, And if you if you put about two percent on the table, you're going to lower your rate by about a half to three quarters of a point. If you put uh, which is the equivalent of about, you know, that two point cost is probably the equivalent of about a seven percent price reduction. Right. All right. Yep. Or you can put three points on the table and you're going to lower your rate by about a point to a point and an eight. Right. So instead of being right around six, you're going to be at five, maybe even touching the high fours, for a three percent seller concession, Um, and that's going to make closer to about a ten to eleven percent difference. It would be the equivalent of a ten to eleven percent price reduction. So put three points on the table and um, attract that buyer with a rate at five when everybody's used to seeing something in the high fives or six. Um, It's just a it's an attractive. It's to, the yeah. incentivize the buyer to consider your listing
0: over maybe another one based on the fact that they're getting this credit back.
2: And, and it kind of works both ways. You can, you know, as a seller, it's like, you know, if you're thinking about doing a price reduction, maybe try this first. And if you're a buyer, I'm even coaching my buyers. Don't think that you should go in and ask them for, because who knows if you're, you know, there may be somebody else also looking at that house. Um, don't go in and think you need to undercut the seller. Um, go in and just ask for a smaller piece of, you know, change to buy that rate down in a permanent right. you know, and make more of an impact on your monthly payment because the, to a degree, the buyers, they want to think they care about the rate, but what they care about is the payment. Yep. And if we buy the interest rate down, um, with that sales concession, um, you're going to get closer to the payment that you wanted. Yep. And and I fi- I find too that you know a lot of this stuff
0: is a little bit foreign right now to some agents just because they haven't experienced this. Where's the best way for them to kind of, I mean I know you guys educate on it to learn more about what they can do and how they can educate their sellers on this stuff.
1: Yeah, you know for for me one of the things that that you know I've been talking with with, with my real estate partners too is is really staying engaged with you know when they've got a listing, and and an agent is bringing their clients through. Um, you know, really staying engaged with that selling agent to find out, you know, what is it that they think it's gonna take to move the needle um, right. with that client? Is it, is it, you know, because there are some clients out there that, you know, I'm not paying a nickel over this price. For whatever reason, they've put, you know, they've drawn that line in the sand and they're not paying a nickel over that price. Or they'll come in and say, you know, in this sort of a market, I want to get X percent off a of list price. That's just their mindset going in. Some people, however, are payment sensitive. And when you can get some sort of a feedback from that selling agent that, yeah, my client likes the house, but you know what? Their payment's just going to be a touch on the high side. They're really pushing it on that point. At that point, you know, you've got something to work with. Right. And really, quite frankly, the the big thing for these agents to know is that if you have a client that is payment sensitive, get lock and step with with your lending partner. Get them to crunch the numbers. What would it take, you know, a great case and scenario kind of to, to, to put Cliff's theory into real practice. You know, I had a, a transaction probably a month or two ago and, and the client was looking at a price a home around $1.5 million. Um, and really the payment was about six to $700 a month more than he could sway. Uh, well, that would have been a $100,000 price reduction. And there is no way the seller was going to do a $100,000 price reduction. But instead, we equated it $25,000 seller credit everybody walks away happy. Seller gets, Exactly. Use that interest rate buy down, got their payment where they needed it to be. Seller didn't have to, you know, they took a $25,000 hit instead of a $100,000 hit. So, but the, but the big thing is, is to really stay lock and step with your lending partner.
0: Yeah. And and, and what I'm hearing is good communication too. I think that, Absolutely. You know, uh, that that's even more important in today's market because we have these extended times that homes are sitting on the market getting feedback and finding ways to work uh, above and beyond price to make that happen. Um, Talk a little bit about, so adjustable rate mortgages, are we going to see those things coming back?
1: That's a great point. Uh, In some cases, yes. In other cases, no. And and it's, it's really kind of tricky. So adjustable rate mortgages and and hopefully we won't lose anybody with getting too complex. So mortgages, are set either by selling what's called a mortgage backed security on Wall Street. What is an investor willing to pay for that product? Or they are tied to a bank product, meaning, you know, grandma and grandpa have thousands and hundreds of thousand dollars of, of CDs at the bank. Banks will use that money then to lend adjustable rate mortgages. So we're really seeing kind of a, uh, a group of haves versus have nots when it comes to those adjustable rate mortgages. Part of it also has to do with the fact that the adjustable rate mortgages are tied to short-term interest rates, kind of to the point that Cliff made a few moments ago, where when the feds are making these half a percent, three quarters of a percent jumps, that also affects mortgage rates as well.
0: You've got it.
1: There's also kind of a feeling on Wall Street that you know, when they read the tea leaves, they kind of feel like, you know, the the economy may be slowing down a touch. The feds are being overly aggressive. They're probably not going to have to keep this overly aggressive stance for long and might be able to back off on that. And at that point, we'd see the rates improve a little bit. So quite frankly, they don't love paying much money for the loans that we're doing right now, because even Wall Street thinks that these things are going to be refinanced in the fairly near future.
0: Right, right. Well, and I think, and I think, Cliff, you made a good point is that you don't look at this as super long term. At some point, you you know what, the average person's in their home, what, eight years, uh, seven, eight years. And so either you're going to do a refinance or you're going to move with that type of thing. And then you were you were going to add something to that too, Cliff.
2: Well, on the arm, I mean, um, historically, the concept of an adjustable rate mortgages is, is what we used to call a teaser rate. You're going to have a certain time frame with a much lower rate than the going market. And then it's going to move most likely upward down the road. Um, one of the things that occurred with the uh, crash that occurred in two, the, 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 the recession that occurred in 2008 with poor lending practices prior to that is the way arms are used now is much different than they were then. So if, if a going thirty year fixed rate was at 6%, you could, you could quote a, a borrower 2.5% on a, on, a, on a two-year arm or a one-year arm or a, something that's a much shorter term and they would physically run the ability to cal- to qualify their debt to income ratios based off of that first time teaser rate. They don't do that anymore. Regulations keep us from using that product in that fashion or those types of products in that fashion. So where we are seeing arms like Ryan had mentioned, you know, they're they're more of a, a five year arm or a seven year arm, something that isn't as risky or volatile um, as what we saw prior to 2008. Um, and there's not that much of a spread in, in the rates. So, um, that, that buy-down would probably serve the same, the same movement in rate, maybe even better movement in rate, um, um, than it would be to take an arm these days. Yep. I, cause, and I think a lot of people, you know, cause
0: I remember I, I had, I'm trying to think way back. I had, I purchased a home on a 723 arm, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a great, great thing. And I was like, and I loved it. And then I refinanced it, I think three years into it, but, mm-hmm. but, but things are different now. And I think that the way that we we might have known adjustable rate mortgages then versus where they are today is not the same thing. So and I think that's a good thing to know because I do hear a lot of people say, well, oh, you know, we can just get back to the
2: arms, but there it's it's not it's not it's not apples to apples, right? They definitely aren't built the way they used to be built or used the way they used to be built. I mean, I mean you can get into a five five-year arm and maybe get about a half point better rate than where a 30-year fixed is today. Okay. Uh, Um, But but it's so it's not going to get you as much as you would have historically thought. Okay. and then any
0: advice you're giving to the buyers? I mean, we've already talked a little bit about it. It's like don't focus solely on the rate, focus on the opportunity that you have right now and really calculate where you are, because uh, three months ago you might have had to escalate Mm -hmm. and you might have ended up at the same price. So really look, look at it. Um, and, and right now are we seeing the, the pre-qualification, all that stuff is still happening very strongly with buyers today, specifically because if things shift and change, I know there's buyers that were qualified a month ago and now they have to sit down and kind of recalculate, right. And, mm-hmm. and, and look again to say, wait a second, are we still in the
2: game? Definitely. Um, and, and, and I encourage all of my real estate partners to do the same thing to make sure that, you know, if they had a buyer that they were working with one, two, six months ago. um, that they should make sure that they revisit where they stand today if they're still out there actively looking um, because the market has shifted. Yeah. Any, yeah, any other-
1: and, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, Michael, one of the things that I'm also seeing too is, is, you know, especially those buyers that got the process started, let's say April, May uh, you know, and then June rates really took a, a hit. And and at that point it really kind of put them on pause. It's not going to happen overnight to draw those buyers back into the market. The sooner we can, the better obviously, but it's it's going to take several conversations, giving them some time to think over the numbers, stew on it a bit before we can really get them back in the market. but it's an effort that we're absolutely making,
0: yep, yeah, absolutely, well, and I think uh, what I hear too is one is 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 if you don't right now have a very trusted lender. That understands their products and what they can offer that also can give you some understanding of what to do and how to incentivize both the buyers and the sellers in terms of making it more advantageous, whether it's a buy down or whether it's really sitting down and calculating out to see what products going to work best for the buyer. And the other side is just great communication with your lender as you move forward, because if times are expanding and we do see rates, I mean, I don't know, I mean, I'm, I don't have a crystal ball, what, what are they saying we're going to see rates do here in the next month, two months, three months.
1: From what we see in here, a lot is really going to depend on the inflationary numbers, the retail sales numbers, and the employment numbers over the next 30, 60, 90 days. Okay. Um, That will be there, you know, keeping a very close eye on what those things look like. It was a few months ago kind of anticipated that we would see uh, inflation peak around the fall. And so even though it feels, you know, summer just started for us, it's not that far away. Uh, I will, and as Cliff had alluded to as well, the market does like the fact that the feds are now being more aggressive. Um, that is helping to stabilize rates. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's very hard to tell. I, it, it's a tough question to answer, but I think those are things to really kind of watch out for. Mm-hmm. If it seems like retail sales are slowing a bit, inflation is maybe peaked. Uh, employment is kind of neutral or perhaps, you know, unemployment coming up just a touch, you'll probably see rates come, come down slightly. Okay, And I don't know that we're going to get back into the high twos, unfortunately. We might. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, boy, if we could keep rates in, in the fours uh, or even low fives, that would be fantastic.
0: Well I think giving perspective, I mean I that's that's an amazing rate, you know, if you yeah. really look at. It, I mean, I remember when I think I refinanced from like 9 to 7 and I was like, wow, this is a, this is phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> um, and
1: really quite frankly, the 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 key aspects of buying have never changed. You know, do you like the house that you're looking to buy? Is it in a good location? Or do you feel comfortable with your finances? Do you think you're going to be there for 7 years and can you afford the payment?
0: Right. Yeah. Well, unless remember there's still going to be we're not in a depreciating market. We're in a slowing uh-huh. appreciating market. So you're still going to have annual appreciation on that home. Yeah. Um so so last one this is a, this is a big one. So I I was in a conversation with some the other day and I just want to get I'd love to get your both your opinions on it. And uh they said, "Well, gosh, you know, uh we just got to pay off our mortgage cuz you know, we don't want to carry that debt." And I said, "But wait a second, the amount of money you'd have to pay the mortgage off wouldn't you be better off just paying your mortgage, get the tax on that and take that money and invest it somewhere to get a return.
2: What are your take on that for the two of you? Well, as um, Ryan alluded to earlier, right now, there's so much volatility in the stock market. It's, I guess, it depends on where you want to invest it. (laughs) Uh, I mean, if 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 there's enough cash there you know what i would say invest it in more real estate yeah buy another buy another uh, yeah, rental property. go buy another go buy a rental property yeah. i mean depending upon how much they have and what what kind of payment they're trying to pay off because if you invest in real estate and then even um take on another mortgage payment odds are you're going to rent that place to more than cover that mortgage payment right yeah i i would agree with you 100% Ryan what's your take
1: yeah and and i um i look at it from two perspectives uh sleep is number one. Yeah. Uh, what causes you to sleep better at night? Yeah. And at the end of the day, uh, if somebody just says, Man, I love waking up and I don't have to make a mortgage payment, that's yeah. not a bad decision either. You know, here yeah. I am in the lending business. And and but if somebody at the end of the day they just sleep like a like a log every night because they don't have a mortgage payment, awesome. But I also too look at it from the standpoint of cash flow. Uh and like Cliff was alluding to. If you can use that money to buy another piece of real estate and cash flow is still at a point where you have comfort every month, enough money to pay the bills and you're not being stretched. I'm also a proponent of that. And quite frankly, it's probably a mix of the two. It's making sure you've got a payment that is more than affordable. You've got a nice little nest egg to fall back on in in the event of a rainy day. uh, And then also too, you've got the type of investments, aggressiveness that you are comfortable with.
0: Right. Well, and I look at it too, if you have, if you have, like for me, I have two kids. And so the best thing that I can do is set them up with some wealth, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and long-term legacy wealth, as we look across the board, it's always been real estate.
2: Yeah. If you look at 100%. people who really
0: have that long-term legacy wealth, what they've done is they leveraged one property, bought another one, leveraged one property, bought another one. And then- mm-hmm. You know, you get them at some point where they're where they're paid off and they're cash flowing. But even today, with where you know, I just I was just on the uh, just did a podcast with Corey Brewer with with uh, uh, property management, and he was talking about how uh, rental rates are going up. Mm-hmm. You know, and so with that in hand, I mean, you know, you're seeing you're either your cash flow monthly, or you're also banking on you know five to six percent a year in appreciation. I know uh, Cliff, you're in Spokane. I purchased a home in Spokane four years ago there one of the best investments I think I've made in a long time. I could not believe uh the the appreciation that happened in that area. So it was out yeah. in airway heights. Just
2: and, and, and no no two situations or no two borrowers or buyers are are the same. And and if um you know thank goodness they may be in a position to where they have that ability to pay off their mortgage or consider what their options are. And the the recommendation I would have is Sit down with the lender to kind of really have an understanding of how much you could buy based off of that cash you have and sit down with your real estate professional to to figure out what a good investment would be and and see how those match up. Right. Yeah. And last question, I just want to know, uh, do you guys have so if
0: I'm working with you, right, so here I am a Windermere agent and I'm working with my lender. Is there information you make available to the agents to educate their, their clients on what's happening in rates? Because I, I know we get asked that question a lot, say, hey, I'd love to incorporate this into my touch uh, once a month with my client. Is there anything you guys use or recommend for that? We don't
2: For the Windermere agents, we've got, you know, um, um, peers like what Ryan and I do in our two offices in about 30 different branches. But we also work with non-Winnemere agents. So anybody that has a question, they can they can go to PenrithLoans.com and and find somebody that's in their region and 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 somebody they may or may not know based off of their region and and reach out. But yes, we've got we've got some tools um, and some and some pieces that we use to not only educate a buyer um, but also our buyer and seller agents um, um, for the purposes of having an understanding of how to. How to adapt to what the current market is, right? Because the market is what the market is. You can't change the market. What you have to do is make sure your actions keep you outperforming the market.
0: Yeah. Well, and and I equate that to what what I'm talking about is building a team, right? So, and we were sure. talking about this even with Corey. I said, hey, you know, if I've got if I've got a client and they want to know more about lending, then I've got to have a great relationship with a lender. If I got a client who's an investor and they want to know if this is this investment going to pencil out, well, now they need. property management individual tell me what the you know the vacancy rates are and what it might look like for rent and then i need a lender to tell me what's that going to look like because those rates are going to be different for a non-owner occupied home but stay in your lane and and you should be the trusted source so again going back to you know establish that relationship with a really great lender who has knowledge that can help you articulate what the advantages are today for both your seller and for your buyer i agree right yep Terrific. Well, hey, if if, uh, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of each of you?
2: Well, I'm over in the Spokane market, uh, Cliff Taylor with Penrith Home Loans. I'm in the Spokane North office of Windermere, and my number is 509-468-7558 or cliff.taylor at
0: penrithloans.com. Perfect. And I'll put that information in the show notes, too, uh, for them to contact you. Ryan, have it for yourself. Oh, did Ryan! Ryan froze on us. I think he did. Oh. <laughs> he was, uh, dude, dude, I'll put Ryan's con- I'll put Ryan's contact information uh, in the show notes as well. Yeah, so,
2: here I will uh, also kind of give you Ryan's phone number here, real quick. Okay. Hey, Ryan, you back?
1: I'm back. I have the uh, unstable internet connection. I, I need to up my plan. I think.
0: <laughs> so, what's the best way to contact you, Ryan?
1: You bet. Uh, over the phone, two oh six. or ryan.riley at penrithloans.com.
0: Perfect. Well, hey, gentlemen, I want to thank both of you for taking the time today. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, let's hope that uh, we keep moving forward with interest rates staying where they are and the economy coming back strong and the stock market picking back up and buyers and sellers uh, coming together to close more transactions. But um, any, any last words you guys have for us before we part ways? Just
2: thanks again, Michael, for this opportunity to kind of plug in. Yeah, absolutely. Yep,
1: we appreciate it.
2: Ryan, get better. I know you're a little under the weather.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, we will.
0: Okay, all right, everybody. Well, hey, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. If you find our podcast useful, please feel free to pass it on. Also, give us a rating. And we'll always end these like we always do by saying, uh, be awesome and help somebody and make it a great day. just want to thank you for listening to ask a coach the windermere podcast if you found our content helpful please feel free to share it and we always end our podcast by saying be awesome and help somebody and make it a great day